I'm James Zug, and this is Outside the Glass. Outside the Glass is brought to you by SquashProShop.com, our source for equipment for racquetball, badminton, paddle tennis, and of course squash. They carry a great selection of squash equipment from all the top manufacturers at the lowest prices. Rackets and shoes, balls and bags, goggles and grips, they've got it all, and they offer fast and free shipping on orders over $25. For the best selection, prices, and service on the internet, visit squashproshop.com. Three episodes ago, episode 24, Jeff Hunt gave us a a behind-the-scenes tour of Aspire Academy in Qatar. And today we have Jeff telling us about a a little-known part of his career, his uh, various visits to North America. Jeff also was able to catch a lot of ice hockey uh, in a little uh, bit of baseball. But uh, here, here's an opportunity to, to hear from one of the true legends of the game, uh, one, of the, one of the great players, uh, and um, now uh, for the last uh, quarter century, one of the great um, coaches in the game. So enjoy. At age 15, you'd won the Victoria Open. And, then, and so you were the best player in the, in the, in the whole... And the whole state. I was, but the best players in Australia at that time were in New South Wales, mm-hmm. and so the Australian team was almost entirely New South Wales, Wales players. So, what happened? Victoria decided uh, the federation that they would sponsor me and provide an air ticket for me to go to uh, it, it was an extra additional member to the Australian team, provided the squash Australia was happy with that, which they were. And it was very nice because my local club, Elmer Club, which they they did a round of the bar. Uh, got together some, you know, I ended up with 50 pounds, I remember, the, uh, you know, to help me on my trip to, to spend when I was away. So it was really nice and I had a, a fantastic trip and it was a real eye-opener for me. And luckily on that trip, they decided to come back uh, through America and Bermuda. So I had a lovely tour on the way back and ended up playing a little bit of hardball on the way home. So, so the, the tour was mostly in the UK originally? or, or Yes, it was all UK based, you know, because that's where, the, you know, they used to play the county teams. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's where most places where we normally go. Sometimes we went across to Sweden or Europe on occasion, but nearly always it was in, in the UK. So it was really nice. And Ken Hisco was the number one player in Australia, and he virtually took it, took me under his wing to some extent. So I was very fortunate to have someone on him, you know, look after me. I suppose. Right. How long was the trip? A couple of months. Uh, yeah, I think it ended up being about uh, n- you know nearly eight weeks. So it was a long trip. So, uh, that for a, in the, for in a sixteen-year-old, and in the middle of winter too. And I never forget going to the UK and never saw the sun in two months. And, uh, they used to have a lot more coal fire, um, you know, heating and yeah. things there. Yeah. So you never saw the sky, you know, for, during the winter time. You know? <laughs> so when you came to the states, um, did you just go to the US or Canada as well? Uh, no, we went to Canada as well. Mm-hmm. So we played around the place and look. Squash in those game days very much a very Ivy League game, and we were looked after by some nice people and stayed in fantastic facilities. You know, they, they looked after us. I mean, they built us out in some of the homes, and we, you know, it was the likes of which we'd never seen before. Right. <laughs> the clubs were pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. and the clubs, and you know, playing it down, at, at, you know, in some of the clubs was phenomenal. You know, Harvard Club in New York we were, we were in there, and mm. so we, we were lucky, and they ended up. We end up playing a, a, a Harry Cowles Invitational, or, or, or Kenny yeah. Hisco did, 
and I ended up playing in the additional yeah. tournament for the others, and so it was good fun. We we played an introduction to hardball, had a bit of fun at it. Yeah. So, uh, do you remember how you did in that tournament? It was called the Jacobs. Uh, yeah, I won a few rounds. You know? Did you? Yeah, I think I can't remember. Yeah, I got through a few rounds there, but uh, that was about it. So. I don't think Ken did very well in the main draw because that was the toughest people. Right. But I never forget he played a, a game called Monkey Doubles. They used to play yes. there with it. But Ken was really good, and he could play that like you wouldn't believe. You know, he with a short racket, he could still hit nicks with a hard ball with it. With a, you know, and he was four guys on court. <laughs> yeah, so they had a bit of fun doing that as well. But right. Uh, right. no, it was a good trip all round. I learned a lot from that trip, and it mm. sort of paved the way for me to continue on and really. Well, I mean, that took you from being a junior player to being a senior player in a lot of ways, right? Because you were playing against adults uh, correct. the whole tour. Yes, I was, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think I won a... We played in the British Amateur Championships in those days, and I, I, I won my first round against a local player, and I lost in five to Shafiq, one of the top Egyptian players at the time. So I was pretty happy with how I went the first, first time round. What did you think about hardball when you were uh, in the States in Bermuda? What, what did it look like for you? Oh, look, it was a difficult game, and obviously I appreciate all sports serving, and the thing I found with it was, that, look, you know, the ball was going off the walls at different angles and things. You had to learn a different game, really, to some extent. So the hardest part was getting a position and learning where to go. So when I played the game, my concentration levels were so intense that I was absolutely exhausted mentally by the time I finished. Not physically, because our game had a higher level of physical fitness, but certainly I was exhausted when I finished playing. It was just trying to get in position you know, and play the game. Well, and, and, and unlike softball, the serving in hardball was so crazy, right? I mean, so it, 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 the first stroke that you had to hit was like, you know, crazy. For I know, particularly when they hit the ball hard at us, you know, right. you know, you know where do I go? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and some of the, you know, the reverse corners they used to play in the right. various other, Unique shots the to boast, the game. The double boasts, right? Yeah, yeah, well, the Philadelphia boasts, they used to call it. Yep. But the, the, the fortunate thing for me, particularly when I ended up playing, um, was the, the normal uh, position that I'd hit a normal running boast in my game was the same you do a nick boast mm -hmm. uh, in, the, in, in the hardball. So that was my forte when I used to play our squash. So I, if I could get in position and stand still, I could hit that nick the boast nick, you know, that was the best thing I could do. Other than that, I just had to run and get the ball back. <laughs> so then, in, uh, we were talking about this last night, in 1976, you said you got a hold of some uh, hardballs, you were in Australia, yeah. and you got a hold of some of the old hardballs. Yes. Um, and you started training for a month, you said? Yes, yes, I did. And uh, that was interesting on the courts. I was a bit worried about them, you know, damaging the courts at home because I didn't know where... You know, with the hardball was twice as hard, and they ended up doing a lot of. It was interesting, you know, playing the game, and I trained hard with a mate of mine back in Australia, but it was not the same. You know, when I got to America, well, the court was wider, and so yes. that, that must have been hard to get your shots in sync with, with the two and a half feet. Difference. It was, but at least it got me the feeling of the harder ball on the strings, and you know, the ball different angles, and things. Mm -hmm. so I got a little bit of an appreciation of it. Who, of the, who were you playing with? Uh, a fellow called Ray Lewis. He was a number number two in Victoria at the time. So, yeah, and did he enjoy this hard oh, ball? Oh yeah, we had a bit of fun together, you know. So. And you did it every day, or, or? yeah, every day. Yeah. So I, I wanted to look. I thought if I'm going to go and play the North American Open, which I wanted to, right. I'm going to make sure that I do it properly you mm. know? and so I you know I prepared as best I could that's the only time I could spare you know I, I didn't have enough more time so then and I knew that I needed preparation so I ended up playing in the 
Yeah, the Marion Club. Right, before that. Before that. And did you play softball in that month as well? Like, or, or are you just focusing? Oh, a little bit of softball, mainly hardball. Because, mainly hardball. Yeah, mainly, because I, I, thought, I found it difficult, you know, going from one to the other. It just didn't seem to be... Yeah. Uh, yeah, Mi mix very well to be no, honest. They don't. <laughs> so then I still did fitness training. I still was doing my normal fitness training as well. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you flew over to the states, and was the first event you did at Marion Cricket Club the William yes, White, or did you do something? No, that was the first thing I did. I went and played that. So and uh, did you have a couple of days of, of uh, practice before that, or yeah, did you yeah, sort no, of arrive? No, I had a couple of days and then played. You know, yeah. and that was quite difficult. I was pretty happy to end up winning out, to be honest. So. I and who did you, do you remember anybody that you uh, played Michael in? Michael Desaigne, I played him in the final. I yeah, think that, that uh, well I won, I just can't remember the score now to be honest, but I remember winning the tournament, so. So <laughs> M M Michael at that time was uh, at university yeah. and was an incredibly explosive, he was very fast and you know, so the speed of what was happening out there must have been pretty intense and much faster than, than softball, right? Do you, well, do just the speed of the ball, but the right. actual... You know, speed of the ball. That, that, that was, yeah, was yeah. Yeah. Well, it was diff, It was a real learning experience. I was pretty fortunate enough to do that. And, yeah. and then after that, then I know... Then Hidi Jahan, Hidi Jahan came and played the same year as me. And he had played... He, hadn't done, done, he didn't do as much hardball as I, I did. But I never forget, because we're practicing on the court the two of us together, you know, and we're trying to serve hard serves at each other and things, and we're up there, and I never forget because uh, uh, Niederhofer uh, came along and was watching us play, and he, he, never, he came off and he said, listen, you don't do it like that. He was sort of quite, uh, not scathing, but quite negative about our approach and what we're doing, but we were doing the best we could, you know, and that was just the way it was, and so it was quite strange when ultimately you know, uh, you know finally I ended up having to play him in right. the, in the, in in the, the North, North American, American Open, and right. uh, so he must have been absolutely devastated when I, I managed to beat him in the semi-finals because, <laughs> you know, seeing me play, he's probably the worst American player he'd ever seen in his life, I think he thought that, and, and here as he got beaten by me. So, and, and as, as, actually, he retired after that, so yeah. I can say I probably forced him into retirement. <laughs> you probably did that to a couple of other people as well. <laughs> uh, that was quite funny, really, but uh, no, I enjoyed the process. I mean, Sharif Khan was too good for me. He ended yeah. up winning the tournament. So what do you remember about that match? Oh, I, I don't remember a lot about it except that he was too good. I remember, I, I remember winning a game. So for mm -hmm. me, I suppose that was an achievement in itself to get mm -hmm. a game off the best player hardball. ever, ever yeah. at that time in hardball. So mm -hmm. I think he won 13 North American Open. So, I mean, that's tantamount to his ability, you know, as a, as a game. I was really pleased about the, my performance anyway. You, the uh, the story goes that it was in the uh, fourth game and he had a huge lead and you came back and it went to uh, sudden death whoever won the next point won that game and it was you know obviously another match ball for him and he won it but everybody said that he was completely exhausted <laughs> and so you, if you had won that point you would have won the fifth game you wow, know, that's convincingly no who knows but had you know <laughs> um, but you know the what ifs but um, were you disappointed not winning the North American Open of course but I mean you've got to be realistic about it you know I, I, at the end of the day you're disappointed if you don't win any tournament right. you can enter for so that's you're not going in there to become second but on the other hand you have to be realistic about the whole scenario and yeah. I, I felt you know reasonably proud of what I'd achieved in reflection about during the event so for yeah. me it was uh, still a, a nice experience yeah well, it's interesting because uh, in, in the 50s, uh, in the 60s, Hashim Khan, other Khans were able to win both the British Open and the North American Open or the U.S. Open. They were able to win the, the pinnacle tournament in both hardball and softball. 
And so was that something that you thought of, like, oh, I want to be able to, you know, win everything? Or was it just simply like, oh, I know hardball, it'd be fun to kind of go and, and see how that is? Yeah, I just wanted to play it and see yeah. how well I could go at it, you know. I'd had a bit of a taste of it when I, when I was 16 that year, and I thought, well, no, I have a go. I think I could do okay, but I'm not really sure. So, no, it was just a challenge for me. And right. I mean, I must admit, I was pleased when I ended up, you know, playing the Men and Cup and having a few wins in that event because right. that, then I finally did beat Sharif, but that was when they... They changed the ball from the old big hard ball to the 70 plus, plus ball, which was still to me like a hard. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't tell a lot of difference, to be honest, between it, but I was very happy with that. And I never forget, I had a, one of the most exciting games I've ever had in my life, I reckon, in any, in any form of squash, when I played uh, in one of the events, Stuart Goldstein. And it went down, whoever won the last point won the match, you know. And I never forget because it was, uh, it was uh, everyone, you know, I, I'm, you know, it's tense and everything. And he's done a really good shot to the back. I've just got my racket to it. And it's hit the wood and gone into a boast nick for a winner, you know. And I, <laughs> I thought, what a way to win the match, you know. And I, <laughs> I thought I was very lucky that day, but it was a, I never forget the excitement of you know, my friends that were there and thank God, you know, what, what, a, what a match that was, you know. So <laughs> some things stand out in your memory of that, and that was one of them, you know. <laughs> so the Menem Cup was um, in Toronto. And, and they invited sort of the, you know, the best player from uh, all, you know, eight different countries yes. to enter it. And did you do it more than one year? Or, or? Yes, I played it three years. Yeah. And I lost to Sharif the first year in the final. And then the other, the other years, I, then I won two of them in a row. So, oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, I won the two of them. So I beat Sharif twice in it. So for me, that was what... That was pretty satisfying. It was satisfying, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the crowd, I mean, it was a great uh, spectacle, a great yeah. tournament, right? Yes. Uh, a lot of people came and yeah, and, and I think one of those, I think there was, you know, his father was there too, which was because <laughs> you never got to play no, against Hashem. No, no, he was Hashem a lot was, older. Yes, yeah. he was, but it was nice to see him anyway, at yeah. least, and, and see him come along to the squash. And, and then for you to be his son, it was that was <laughs> no, it was nice, you know. Obviously, it's not the most important event, you yeah. know, at the time, but it was right. certainly a, it certainly had a bit of prestige associated well, with it. Well, and actually. it was a good paycheck, right? I mean, there was a fair yes. amount of money there. Yeah, from, yeah, that's that it was. I mean, I think uh, Trevor Marshall was the promoter, and he did a good job, and you know, made sure we got some good money out of it. So that was, you know, being a professional, what we did. But uh, <laughs> do you remember how much you got paid at the North American Open? It was a oh, no tiny idea. amount. No I idea. Right? You know? Yeah, <laughs> um, can't remember all the monies, but. But you might be able to know, I meant to say before when you talked about my first trip away, you know I was fortunate enough, I was at a, when I went to see uh, in three different venues, when I went with Ken, we went and saw uh, the top, the only six teams in the National Hockey League play. I went to Madison Square Garden and saw them, saw them play, uh, so the New York the Rangers. Rangers play. And, and then I also went to uh, Montreal. The, yeah, Montreal Canadians, I went to their venue and saw them play and not only I went to Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens and managed to see all the six teams plays in the matchups in the thing and I never forget Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens they got beaten 11-0 by the the lowest side at the time I can't remember if it was the Red Wings or, the Red or Boston, Wings or, or, the or, or Boston. Yeah. I can't remember now but there were, there were only six teams in the National Hockey League and I managed to see all the teams and I got hooked into it I thought this is fantastic I absolutely was you know enthralled by the matches and the way it was played. I loved, I loved going along, so it was in, most enjoyable for me experience to see the, wow. you know, these yeah. players. And I think there was even a fellow um, playing called, uh, was it Gordie Howe? Mm -hmm. I think yeah. his name was. Yeah, I think I, me I remember him and I think- One of the greatest the end, players ever. Yeah, yeah. In, the, in, the, in the end of his career. But anyway, 
anyway, it was, it was a good, really good uh, for me. It was a fantastic experience that first trip away for that reason as well. What, what year was? Do you, do you remember what year this was? You, if you were sixteen, I, I think I think I was. Uh, well, it was in the in the sixties. In right? the sixties, yeah, yeah. Because mm. yeah. they were the ancient six, and then yeah. uh, in, in the late sixties they started expanding. Yeah. And and you know uh, now there's thirty odd teams, but. To see all six of the original yeah. teams. It was just amazing. Yeah? Yeah, what, a, what an incredible <laughs> And especially going to somewhere like uh, you know, Maple Leaf Gardens and also, mm -hmm. you know. In the Madison Square Garden. Garden. I mean, I mean, that's special, Classic. you know. And yeah. that, that was the advantage, I suppose, being with the people who were involved in squash today. They had access and could get right. into these places, right. which was phenomenal, really. You know? well, and, and, and a lovely experience, lucky to be in that era and be able yeah. to do things like that, you know. Well, when you're on tour, it's not just the matches, it's the whole experience meeting all these people and connecting, you know, with what they're interested in. And as a sportsman, you know, to see hockey at that level must have been pretty amazing. Uh, well, yeah. it was, a, a, I mean, yeah. I, I, I've always liked it since then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you been uh, back to the States much, you know, since uh, the Menon Cup and, and after that all stopped? Were you, did you come in the in the 90s and you know or well i went back to canada a few times went up to play you know in world championships and things in, in well the world championship was there in twice i in think in 70 77 the teams was there yeah no an individual was in in toronto I in won, 81 I, no earlier than that 70 late 70s i won i won uh, might have been 79 yeah, no, yeah i won a world championship in toronto so what do you remember of that um i remember playing in an auditorium and at that stage i can remember quite clearly I, I won the quarterfinals in, in four against, I think, a fellow called Roland Watson from South Africa. Mm. Then I had to play against Moe Bulacan in the semifinals. And he was struggling a bit with his form at that stage, mm. and I just made the first game so hard for him. After half a game, he sort of uh, wilted a bit, and I won, uh, won the match three love in 36 minutes, the match. And then I had to play Kamazaman in the final, who was really difficult to play and I did exactly the same tactics against him and uh, made him work hard and I think I won that final in, uh, in 28 minutes which was a bit I was a bit disappointed at that time because I felt that he could have uh, you know put up a better effort he, you know I was nowhere near good enough to be able to beat him to that you know. I shouldn't I shouldn't have beaten either of those two guys under under an hour and a yeah. quarter, hour, at least an hour, hour and a quarter, you know, yet I was able to beat them like that. So I think from my perspective, uh, I was disappointed probably that they hadn't put up a bit better effort. I thought they could have done more. Maybe they felt they weren't going to win, but, you know, I've come off the court in the final of a world championship and these people have paid probably at the time $25 a seat to see and it's all over in that, in that amount of time. So I was, from a, a professional point of view, I, I, I wasn't satisfied, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, I've played matches and I've you know, won in the, you know, the extremely long, hard matches like when my mate's British Open against Jahangir. Right. And that was really satisfying because you feel like you've had a contest. You feel like you've earned the win. That particular World Championship, I didn't feel I really earned it enough, you know. Interesting. Uh, yeah. In a different way. Oh, I'm pleased I won Happy it. You know? won, right. And yeah. if you look at the, the scoreboard and the thing, you think it looks really fantastic. That's but right. I know myself, in myself, that, you know, I got that one a bit too easy, you know, and uh, that's not what sport's about. I like the contest. I like to be able to beat someone, and you know, and it'd be tough, you know. That's, that's the whole idea of playing. I don't see want to have to, uh, you know, have no no opposition. If you know what I mean, that's not the way that sport should be. You know? Yeah, well, that's right. We often in a match, um, you know, where you say you sort of break somebody, 
that happened sort of late in a match, you know, uh, you know, in the third, fourth game. Of course. Or even the fifth game. And, and, oh, it could and happen earlier than that, but, you know, you nearly have to work, you know, you, you could happen... I mean, for an example, I played a British Open against Kamar uh, Zaman, and the first game was 49 minutes, you know. But at a good game, you know, that was uh, the tactics we employed. I mean, I was running hard, he was running hard, and we had a really hard game. So that was, the, you know, I managed to go on from that. Yeah. But, but, but it took 49 minutes to get, you know, to... <laughs> Yeah, you know, in one game to get to right. see even to get the game into it. You right. know? So that right. was that shows you what what it could what, happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. or should happen probably. Yeah. What do you what do you remember from the atmosphere at, in Toronto? It was a portable court. Yes, yes. Uh, in an auditorium. Yes, it oh. was. You know, in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, unique at the time to be in such a big area. You know, yeah. and they, right. they, they did a good job in putting it up there. Right. I mean, a, that was pretty new. But the portable courts uh, only yeah. come in, you know, a couple of years earlier. So that's correct. Yes. Yeah, so. um, that was not a normal uh, thing back then, right? And then, did you come in the '90s? And uh, you know, as a as a coach, were you ever coming? Yes, I came back a few times to North America. I, mm. I've been to the uh, Boston when they've had the uh, U.S. Open there, there a few times, yeah. and yeah. The tournament champions. Yeah, yeah. No, I've never been to the tournament champions. Funny enough, it's one of the tournaments I haven't been to. But in recent years, I've been quite a number of times with the Dillon, you know, yep. going to various parts of the U.S. and right. Canada. So. Yeah. No, it's been quite good, and I've also ha went back. Uh, my, um, you know, wife's family lived in America. Yeah, you know, her auntie lived in America, oh, really? so I went back to. Uh, I went to Baltimore actually. Had a look and saw the Orioles play. I thought I'd go and see the baseball. <laughs> now you're going to go see all the all the baseball as well. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I'm a sports enthusiast, you know. So to me, I love seeing anything yeah. like that, and I yeah. I really enjoyed it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you follow Aussie rules football or, or you know yeah, you I'm, a I was born for rugby or cricket or something? I was born brought up with Aussie rules football, you know, in my playing home state yeah. and playing yeah. as a kid. Um, not very good, but I enjoyed it, you know. And, uh, and, and of course, uh, since I moved to Queensland, I've enjoyed the rugby league, you know. So they're the two, I suppose, sports I most follow, follow yeah. I suppose, yeah. in Australia, apart from I... Yeah, I mean, I, I like uh, following the golf. I enjoy playing golf, so I follow, follow the golf mm. quite, quite a bit. So, but other codes of football, I mean, I follow the World Cup soccer, but I don't really, uh, uh, it's not the sport, You're my, my passion, but yeah. I understand, you know, yeah. it's the biggest sport in the world. So, yeah. you know, it's uh, got something going for it in that sense. So, that's right. I mean, it's like even academy, it's huge, you know, so that's, uh, mm. and I appreciate it now having come here a lot more than, than I did before that, because I didn't really understand the game much at all. So it's been mm. interesting at least to, get a better appreciation of the, of the sport. Yeah. All right, one last question. Jeff, if you're the commissioner of the world of squash and you can change anything and you're you know, able to do something, what would you change? What would you bring back or what would you bring into the game that, that you know, would, would help fix, make it better, uh, either uh, you know, on the pro level or, or just the you know, recreational level? I just think we need to have, you know, really more facilities, you know, first-class you know, facilities in yeah. various countries around Access, the world. Yeah. The game's such a lovely game to play, and I don't think enough people have the opportunity to play it, you know. And I feel that if we, it's a real player's game. It's 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 not many sports you can play where you, you know, it's highly competitive. You know, you're on the court there next to each other. You know, you can hear them, you can see them, you can see they're sweating, and yeah. you know, it's not a physical contact attack sport, but you're really physically hurting each other on the court and it's a game of uh, strategy as well and you need to have good mental capacity to play the game so it's got a lot going for it and and one of the best sports you could ever play and i'd love to see more facilities around the world that's that would really elevate it and of course 
you know, one of the things that would happen is it was put in the Olympic Games and I think it would be worthy of, more than worthy of being a sport there and I'd love to see that happen because I believe that would be the catalyst perhaps then to provide more facilities right. in the game developing. That's what I'd like to see. Outside the glass, we'd like to thank squashproshop.com and Grant Irving, our executive producer. Next, uh, next month, we have a, a really neat uh, conversation with one of the uh, most influential and uh, successful coaches uh, in, in the game. Uh, thanks so much.